You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 346. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 346. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, my love. Well, hello. You ready to talk to the audience? I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Have you had a nice day? Got my little pod cap on. <laughs> I wish you did. That I now I want to get you on a showbiz chapeau. A little showbiz chapeau, a little little pod cap. <laughs> but I did have some people who were concerned about your dental work. And oh, they, really? They this was quite a few weeks ago, but they just wanted to say they hope you're feeling better. Oh, I'm feeling amazing. You, you've got new chompers. I got new chompers. Yeah, and <laughs> they are like chiclets, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, the famous Mr. Ed. Yeah, total horse laugh. No, not at all. They actually look amazing. Amazing. They feel amazing, too. Yeah, it it was a little silly because you, like, being in quarantine and being in just dealing with all of the coronavirus and all of that stuff, it seemed really weird to be like, oh, let's focus on getting new teeth right now. Well, I'd but already you, been in the process, you, yeah, before this all hit. Yeah, because you had like the temporary ones in. Mm -hmm. And when we all got quarantined, or so, not quarantined, but um, yeah, what's the other word the, for it? Stay uh, in place. Stay, stay, yeah, the stay at home order. What is that? Stay. Why can we not think of it right now? They're yelling at us right now. <laughs> Shelter in place. Shelter <laughs> Jesus in Christ. I, wow, I forgot the lingo already. I feel really good about this podcast content, so I hope it is not a shit show. So, I hope uh, uh, you know, we always pull through. We do. I have a feeling we always pull it through. We do pull it through. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. I know that some states, I know for sure, are still on lockdown and shelter in place. Mm -hmm. And we just truly hope that you all are staying, staying very safe. And we are bringing you another episode that is somewhat... COVID related. Ew, COVID. Ew, Ew, COVID. Ew, COVID. But we're going to be talking about when new trauma, namely all the shit that this pandemic has kicked up for a lot of people, hmm. when it new trauma kicks up old trauma mm. and what you can actually do about it. Okay. So you actually even brought up a really great example of us going through that last night. Yeah. And so we'll we'll share about that a little bit later right. in the show. But Speaking of trauma, we have a little segment that we like to call. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather? And today's. Well done, sir. <laughs> and today's is. Would you rather have one long, thick, furry, permanent unibrow? Okay. Or inordinate amount of ear and nose hair that cannot be removed. Wow. So you're either rocking the unibrow, which, you know, Anthony Davis does pretty well, plays for the Lakers now. Okay. Well, uh, there's a- Although he, I think he shaved it. Okay. But, but yeah, he rocked that unibrow for a long time. Everybody there's gave him a... shit for it. And he was like, I, I got a unibrow, so uh, 
and he totally owned it. He, well, you, you kind of have to. There's a model, a very high fashion model, yes. who has that too. Yeah. Which I love that they're we're changing beauty standards. I think that's really important. Oh my gosh! And I've seen funny things where people put false lashes inside their nose, at like just yes. funny weird trends. So, God, I don't know what I would pick. You, if if I were you, I would definitely pick the brow because you're you they're so blonde. Yeah, you can't see them anymore. I mean, even if they were what it, what was it, furry and hairy? Yeah, thick furry. They're still very hard to see. Yeah. I can very. Very hardly seal your brows already. Yeah, they're. I, I don't really have any. You br- which I off. which I have in common with the Mona Lisa and Michael Jackson because neither of them have eyebrows either. Wow, fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Speaking of trauma. Speaking of fun facts, oh, I have one more. In the 1700s, many women considered it fashionable to wear fake eyebrows made of mouse fur. Oh, okay. So you could rock that, bring that back. Mouse fur, and I'm yeah. sure that's not going to get any. Animal rights people freaked out. <laughs> no, not at all. Okay. So <laughs> we are not advocating that, by the way, everyone. No, that's the 1700s. Come on. It, oh Come on, God. people. So 1700s. That model's name was Sophia yeah. Haja Pontanelli. Haja Pontanelli? Yeah. Well, what would you pick? She looks a little bit like Cameron Diaz. Uh-huh, she um, does. Oh, gosh. I think the universe is going to rock this. You do? Yeah. Well, ear hair, I feel like I could totally cover up. It's just I'm sorry, been... what did you say? I, I have too much ear hair. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, did you really not hear me? <laughs> okay, ear ear hair you can cover up, but nose yeah. but nose hair for you, you could just blend it right into your mustache. I could. Yes. You could just like but the comb, ears, it, comb it right. My ears up. are big and I'm bald. <laughs> it would not look good. Not a good look. So I'm going unibrow. <laughs> Both of them are pretty horrible. But you could make that a statement too, couldn't you? Like, oh, you can grow armpit hair, but I can't grow ear hair? What's up? Yeah, of course. You can yeah. totally take a feminist angle. This one's really hard for me. I guess I, begrudgingly I'm going to say the brow. Begrudgingly because it's a would you rather and neither choice is really. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're both pretty bad. So yeah. we would love to hear what you would rather. Yeah. We talk about it every single Monday over in our After Hours communi- after hours. community. I, Mr. Smith geared up to say after hours with the slimiest look on his face. Like, just gross, dirty old man face. Ew. Ew, slime ball. Giggity. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So if you would like in, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. That redirects you right over to after hours. After hours. Which is such a beautiful group of women and, and actually a, a, a peppering of men come and join. Are but, they are they peppered, peppering men? Like I, are they are they salt and pepper? I don't know what that means. <laughs> are they salt and pepper? Just that one, just, but he's just but he's mostly salt. <laughs> yeah, more more sugar. <laughs> just just sugar and flour, cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we are off the rails. I have cocaine colored beard. Yeah, he's got sort of he's got like a salt and cocaine type of look. <laughs> Wow. So again, thejoyjunkie.com slash club. On Mondays, we talk about the would you rather, and we would love to hear from you. One other quick announcement that we really, really need your help on before we jump into this content today. If you are not aware, my best friend and I started a podcast called Not Another Self-Help Podcast. Nash P. We call it Nash P. Yeah. 
And everybody knows it's, it's a little blend of comedy and way too much information about our life paired with <laughs> paired with some personal development, some self-help. Well, here's the deal. We are just about to wrap up our second season. We are trying to figure out if we can get adopted by a media company that mm. we are pitching starting today, May 11th. Okay. The day that this podcast drops. So from May 11th to May 15th, which happens to be my birthday – this whole week, we are trying to bombard the various accounts on Twitter of the powers that be that work with this media company. So we really, really need your help. We don't need your money, nothing like that. We just need you to go to notanotherpod.com slash adopt, and we will have that link in the show notes for you. There's a bunch of just super easy click to tweets. You just tweet out, basically, please adopt Nashby. Mm. We're in a place where it doesn't make financial sense for us to keep spending money producing a podcast without having some sort of income. And it's a great way for us to just not have to sell anything, get picked up by a media company. So we would love, love, love your help. That's a good idea. Yeah. Again, notanotherpod.com slash adopt or in the show notes. Okay. And thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anytime this week, any of those accounts or all of those accounts that you see on that page, we're doing projectile messaging is what we're calling it. <laughs> I'm interested to see how that turns out. That'll be interesting. That'll be fun. I'm preparing myself. I'm I'm visualizing what I want to occur. Yes. But I'm also preparing myself for no response or a response of we're not interested which uh, I was gonna, yeah. I'm going to have to mourn. I'm going to have to go back to the grief pods and just grieve my little heart out. <laughs> go through your steps. But I'm going grieving. to stay focused on what I do want to have happen hmm. and visualizing that whole thing. Okay. So let's talk about when new trauma kicks up old trauma because this is something I have been hearing quite a bit from past students or current students because I have sort of an alumni group that I work with still and with some of my clients where there there are things that are starting to get kind of dusted up during this crazy pandemic quarantine time. Sure. Where we are responding emotionally in a way that we're that we don't expect. Hmm. And we're like, what the fuck is this? And we start tallying what we are experiencing experiencing against what other people are experiencing. Yeah. Brene Brown calls it uh, comparative suffering where we go, well, I didn't lose my job or everything's fine here, uh-huh. but we don't understand why we're actually feeling some some kind of the feels, which is, I believe, what the kids call it. <laughs> I think you said that yesterday. Feeling you, all the feels? You said something like, I'm yep. all up in my feels or that something. That was this morning. I love it. Just oh, feeling the feels? Oh, maybe it was because of that bad dream you had, I think. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So cute. So cute. All right. So the other major concept that I hear from people is this idea of, I thought I already dealt with this. Mm-hmm. I thought I already dealt with my abandonment issues. I thought I already dealt with chronic fear. I thought I already dealt with feeling as though people were out to get me. And now all of a sudden, because we are now presented with a new collective trauma that we are all dealing with, we're going, why am I feeling this way? So I've got a bunch of stuff to look at here. But number one, what you really need to understand is if your trauma is severe or ongoing, 
please, please, please get support. I don't want to give any sort of false hope that you can do this all on your own. And in fact, I don't think it's the courageous act to do it all on your own. I think it's far more brave to reach out and say, I need support. I need Mm -hmm. to... I need help. And if if you had a broken leg, you wouldn't be like, I should be able to set this myself. Mm-hmm. I should be able to figure this shit out. <laughs> but we do that with anything related to our emotional or spiritual or mental health. Yeah. yeah and we go, right. oh, I should be. Who the fuck says you need to muscle through and you should be able to figure it out? Society, which is clearly fucking broken. So you don't need to be a hero. What you need to do is actually set aside time to get help. So one of the ways to acknowledge that is if you are currently in a very traumatic environment. For example, you are dealing with extreme verbal abuse from coworkers, Mm. family members, a partner. That is not the time. That is acute suffering. That is not the time for us to... Oh, well, let's just dig into personal development a little yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Let's just listen to a podcast. No, 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 no. This is when we call in call in the allies, the people who are specialized in working with us, and to actually get you safe. Because one of the things that I do notice a lot with a lot of my students is when we they talk about things that they've experienced in their childhood, they don't realize that it's actual trauma or relationship issues that they have. And I'm like, that's abuse. That is actual mm-hmm. abuse. And we don't think that. We we categorize it in the most egregious of circumstances. And so we go, okay, that must not be me. Why can't I just be business as usual? Yeah. Right? right? So that's my big, big, big ass disclaimer. <laughs> that if you are currently engaging in, in a traumatic experience, like I mentioned, please reach out and get support. I'm going to put a link to Psychology Today uh, online publication in in the show notes. They have a great resource where you can search for therapists. You can search for specific modalities like EMDR or whatever else, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy. You can search for various practitioners and you can also search for Based off of location, if they take online clients, if they specialize in LGBTQ issues or things like that. It's just a great, great wealth of information. what's that website again? That's uh, Psychology Today. Psychology Today. And I can't remember if it's it's that exact link, but we'll be sure to put it in the show notes. But there are a lot of other great online options and even text options different apps and things like that where you can say, here's what I'm dealing with right now, Mm -hmm. or here I'm going through this specific instant or situation. Does this qualify for me to get support? I know there's another organization called BetterHelp, which I believe is an online therapy option where you can Zoom or Skype with your therapist. So there's tons of resources available to you. Yeah. So search for them and know that you matter and your healing matters. Okay. So there's my disclaimer. Number two, if you are in a situation where shit is getting kicked up again, I want you to view it more as a message and ask yourself, what is happening here or what is behind this emotion instead of why? Hmm. Because when we ask why, we usually go, why is this coming up again? Uh I thought I already dealt with this. Why am I so broken? Why, 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 why? And we never really get the answer. Hmm. But if we ask what, 
what is coming up for me right now? What is my learning? What does this stem from? What is this emotion that I'm feeling? When you start asking the what questions, it tends to be much more introspective and get you more towards a healing angle. So we had a situation last night where new shit kicked up old shit. Mm -hmm. You want to share about that? We're going through, because we never watched it, Grey's Anatomy. And on Grey's Anatomy, they euthanize a dog. They, yeah, they had to put their dog to sleep. They had to put their dog to sleep. And we've had a few of those situations in our lives. And they've always been traumatic. Right. And it kind of brought back a lot of the trauma that we experienced as pet owners having to go through that and seeing them do it. And we're both just in puddles. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's, um, it's, it's definitely – a hard thing to process and yeah and allow well and it was it was somewhat recent for us it i we put bianca down mm-hmm. i think in december um I, I don't know if it was december i think it was november well it, was, it but just a handful of months ago yeah 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 not not too long ago yeah and i found myself you know like there's i'm emotional i tend to be a crier anyway sure but during this time period right now, mm. it is palpable. The the tragedy and the energy that's in the air, I have found that I have to be really vigilant about taking care of myself. The other night, I was like, I'm just going to go cry in the closet for a little bit. <laughs> and you were like, okay, baby, just get a good cry out. And because I, I could feel it in my solar plexus that something- That's needed, where you feel it, yeah. That's where I feel it, mm-hmm. yeah. We all feel it in different areas of the yeah, body. I meant you as in you. Yeah, not- Like Amy Smith. Yeah. Yeah. But I found last night when we were watching that show, like I was not just tearing up like I normally do. I was like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like (laughs) ugly, gaspy cry. (laughs) And you were pretty, pretty much a mess too. And it was interesting when I sat down today to in our bougie beige podcast room (laughs) to tell you what the the situation was, what the topic was. You were like, oh, yeah, like last night. Right. And I, I was like, oh, my God, that's a perfect example. Perfect example so yeah. here's what I want you guys to start thinking about. If you experienced some sort of extreme fear in childhood, let's say, like your safety was threatened, and now you are in extreme fear of losing your job, it could feel so much more exacerbated now mm-hmm. than if – it, than if it had happened when you weren't in the middle of a fe- in middle of a pandemic, yeah. like it's layering on something that is kicking up all of the sort of cellular remembering of the emotions that we felt. Maybe you had a divorce that you went through, where you had a, an extreme loss of freedom inside of a relationship. You felt. You know, prior to the divorce, you felt controlled. You felt stifled. You felt like you didn't have a personal sense of freedom. And now we're going through a situation where all of our personal freedom is has been compromised. Yeah. We can't go s- specific places. <laughs> we have this fear of 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 a deadly illness. We're concerned about family. So I want you to think about is there a correlation between the emotion that I am feeling now and a similar link to an emotion that I felt during trauma years ago or even just a few months ago. Interesting. Okay. So I think we can look if we if we stop voting on the circumstances 
If we stop, like for, for us last night, if we stop judging the circumstance and go, why the fuck am I losing my mind over Grey's Anatomy? Right. This is ridiculous. And instead look at what am I feeling? What is the emotion that I'm feeling that is linked to something else that I've experienced? Again, asking yourself the what questions. What is happening here? What is the link? What is the tie? What is the actual emotion that I'm feeling? So does that just remove you from the circumstance and get you more in touch with the emotional side of it? Or what's the purpose of that? Great. That's a great question. It's quite a few things. One is always, always, always when you have an, a heightened sense of awareness about what's coming, what's going on for you, yeah. you are so much more powerful around dealing with it. So for example, if... If you go through that little phase and you go, okay, what is this emotion that I'm feeling? I'm feeling such extreme sadness and sorrow. Okay, what's the link to that? That's the link to losing Bianca, you know, at the end of last year. Gotcha. Oh, my gosh. No wonder I'm feeling this way. Mm. It's affirmative. It makes it like, no wonder. You're not an idiot. It's definitely more powerful. There's yeah. nothing going – there's nothing wrong with you because the – Flip side of that is we just stay in the why. And we go, why am I going here again? I thought I already dealt with this. Like, why is why this happening? Why can't I get through this? Yeah, yeah. I see that. And then it's it's self-judgment. It's self-blame. And then we tend to go to behaviors like excessive drinking, uh, overworking, over-parenting, over-exercising, overeating, under-eating, all these different things that we do so that we don't have to feel. So mm. when you heighten that awareness around what is actually happening for you, you can be so much more compassionate with your process. Yeah. And then you That's can fair. go, oh, I see what's happening. No wonder. Okay, I'm allowed. All right. So that's number two. When shit comes up again, view it as a message. Ask the what questions instead of the why and examine the link of traumatic emotions. Hmm, okay. What am I feeling right now? It, you know, for many people, it's it's fear. It's a loss of control. It's a loss of safety. What are those things that are tied to other things you felt in the past? It's likely that that's getting dusted up. For sure. Okay. Cool. All right. So number three. Change the lens through which you view your process. What I mean by this is a lot of times we think personal development or dealing with trauma or dealing with anything in our life should be a one and done. Oh, I already <laughs> talked about my mom issues in therapy. Right, I should be right. done. I should be over that. Well, first of all, most people are not given tools to cope and actual things to do day in and day out, right? That's one of the major, major pieces that I think gets missed. And it isn't actually a one and done. It is viewing your process or the, the triggers that you experience more as a management system. Yeah. So for example, if you do a fitness intensive for three months and you really fuel your body with healthy, wholesome ingredients, you take care of yourself, you're supplementing up, you're working out really well, and you're feeling really powerful in your body, you don't just stop and get to maintain that. Sure. You have... <laughs> I know all about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be accusational yeah. of that, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Once the gym's closed, a lot of us are having to find other ways to right. maintain. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, get you, I get what you're saying. So with that situation, you have to look at how do I now manage my life 
so that I am incorporating these things that I know contribute to my health. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I think Deep Down and Dirty is so incredibly successful. What's Deep Down and Dirty? And it's my (laughs) – you're so cute. (laughs) It's my signature program that I – it's the only program that I teach. And it spans about four months and it's designed to help people completely recondition their brain and change their relationship to – how they view themselves, viewing themselves as not enough, feeling like they constantly have to perfect and people please. And one of the biggest elements of that that we talk about all the time is emotional intelligence. Yes. And we ignore our emotions and we just want to fix everything. And so we want the solution to be, I take a pill and then I'm done. Yeah. And that's not how it works. Right. It is your journey and your personal development path is always going to be ongoing. You have to view it as a management system. So I share things about my personal life or about what Mr. Smith might be going through because I want you to see that it's not about hardship never happening again. It's about engaging with hardship differently. Yes. And yeah, I like that idea. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later. Oh, cool. But I want you to understand that you have to change the way you view personal development. So think about it exactly like an emotional or spiritual workout. You have to maintain it. You have to continue to engage with your triggers in a powerful way as opposed to allowing them to take you out. Mm-hmm. So think about that as you're going through all of this stuff. Is there a way that I can, instead of saying to myself, oh, you've already dealt with this, or you already went to therapy for that, or you've already worked on your mom issues, to go, okay, again, using that tool of what, this is coming up again for a reason. What is the learning? Or what? what's the healthiest way for me to process this? Okay. Right? Yeah. All right. So number four, I kind of jumped the gun a little bit, but it is to know that we never eradicate hardship, but we can engage with hardship differently. It's funny. It's what I was kind of thinking about through this whole thing. I feel like a lot of those things that happen to us are the fabric that's woven into who we are. Yeah. You know? it's exactly right. Yeah. Well, and this is something I talk about in Deep Down and Dirty all the time, that we go through this experience whenever it is. Usually it's in our formative years when we're children. Sure. Sometimes it's teenage years. Sometimes it's your first marriage or whatever it might be. But we experience a fact, a certain instance. And then what our mind does is it creates a belief based off of the facts. We interpret the facts. Mm. So we go, oh, dad was abusive and an alcoholic and left the family. That must mean I need to be perfect in order to be acknowledged or in order to stand out. So we, and then some people do the opposite. They go, oh, that must mean that's how I take care of myself. So they follow the same path, Mm -hmm. right? So we interpret our life and our circumstances totally differently. Right. But what you have to understand is that we have what is called neuroplasticity in the brain, meaning that. Even though we have worn out those pathways, those neural pathways of perfectionism, people-pleasing, whatever those behaviors Mm -hmm. are that have kept you safe, we can actually change them. The brain has that plasticity to go, no, 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 we're going to do something totally different. And that's what we do in, in Deep Down and Dirty. And so that's one of the things that I talk about with them all the time is that this is not about I'm going to be shit and glitter for the rest of my life. 
<laughs> this is about when shit actually hits the fan, I can observe what's actually happening here and choose how I'm going to engage with it. Choose what I'm going to say to myself, choose my motivation, choose my belief structure. And we basically completely change those neural pathways in the mind. That's amazing. The the Just really quickly to get anatomy nerd on you. Yes. It's amazing how the brain works. Yeah. Like from a physiological perspective, how does these electronic pulses travel through us in our right. brain and get put out as signals to do something like move your hand or accept this compliment or whatever it might be. Right. And, and those are little paths that the neurons travel through. Mm-hmm. And when you start changing what you think about, those neurons start traveling. They pull off yes. and create a new plastic road right. for things to travel through. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. And it, I love it, love it, love it because I find it unbelievably encouraging because overall, one of the most common things that I see – and they people have different words for it – but they think that they are uniquely broken. Yeah. They think that there is something wrong with me that I'm always obsessed about what my coworkers think mm-hmm. or that I feel like I have to accomplish, 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 or I'm not worthy. This is just the way I am. Can't teach an old dog new tricks, that kind of thing. And you absolutely can. Yeah, That's absolutely. what we know about the, the neuroplasticity in the mind. Yep. So the exciting news is no matter what you have created unknowingly up until this point has been 100% to take care of yourself. We develop people-pleasing. We develop perfectionism. We develop control. All of that because we thought that's how we could show up. That's how we could be seen with our family or survive that marriage. But then (laughs) you enter into this amazing world of personal development. You realize how much power you have to actually change that. So if you are struggling with self-doubt, perfectionism, people-pleasing, constantly being invested in what other people think, I highly, highly encourage you to go watch my free workshop. It's at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Workshop. We'll also have the link in the show notes. But I talk about how the subconscious versus the conscious mind work uh, and how there is a very specific reason why you might be collecting personal development, listening to lots of books, listening to lots of podcasts and nothing's really changing. Mm -hmm. I talk about that. So get your pen and paper ready and go watch that workshop. At the very end, you'll see an opportunity to book a call with a member of my team. And if you are interested in taking it further and looking at what Deep Down and Dirty really is about and you're ready to stop fucking around and make some serious changes (laughs) – You'll see that opportunity at the end of the workshop. So check the link in the show notes and we would be more than happy to support you. Thanks for that explanation. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) All right. So where was I? Number four, know that we can never eradicate hardship, but we can engage with hardship differently. So for the two of us, like we've, we've dealt with, oh my gosh, losses of parents, grief of being moving across the country and things like that changing, losing a dog we, in our early years, me being attracted to somebody else that was like a big deal, which is so crazy. It was like 23, 20 years <laughs> 20 ago. 20 years ago, yeah. But just <clears throat> grappling with different stuff like that, sexuality things, we've gone through so much, but we've gone through it through an empowering lens or at least from a place of here's how I get support. Here's how I work through this mm-hmm. challenging thing instead of feeling like it's happening to me. Yeah. And that, that, my friends, is total personal power. 
Yes, it is. All right, number five, identify healthy behaviors that make you feel safe. A lot of times if you are kicking up old trauma, that initial feeling is I am not safe. Okay, yeah, yeah, That's, that makes sense. And that can then go, very easily spiral into fight or flight, mm -hmm. right? That's where we have an exorbitant amount of anger or we isolate. Mm -hmm. We hide out. We don't want to see anybody. So if those two things have been happening for you, like you have extreme road rage or <laughs> or you are sleeping all day, then it is likely that there is something else that's getting dusted up from your childhood and you deserve to look at it. All right. That's not necessarily my forte, but just keep that in mind that there's right. probably something happening there. So here's a couple of ideas. Tons more. But look at podcasts that are uplifting, books, journaling, coloring. I love anything related to arts and crafts, music, anything that you can control, even just identifying these are five things that are actually within my control right now. I can control mm -hmm. my thermostat. I can control <laughs> what I'm wearing. Yeah. I can uh, control – I don't know, turning off all the lights in the house to conserve energy, whatever. Like you you can almost always identify five things that you can absolutely control. You can control your breathing. Yeah. By being I just took a nice deep breath. You can be really intentional about that. <sighs> Me too. Look for things that make you laugh. Mm. We've been watching, I think I've mentioned this, we've been watching I really swear, laughter really is one of the best pieces of medicine. Yeah, it really is. It's Definitely true. We've been watching newscaster fails. Yes. Or funniest animal videos mm -hmm. and just laughing our asses off. This is a huge one. Connect with those who you feel safe with and avoid those who don't. All right? So as long as it's within your power. Obviously, if you are living with people that you don't feel safe with, again, this is an issue for therapy. This is an issue for crisis control. You need sure, to reach sure. out. Because you do deserve to feel safe, especially in your own home. But really watching, like, if your mom is a significant trigger to you and it is dusting up stuff right now because you are really fearful of losing your job or you're feeling abandoned by people at work and you have that same emotion towards her, limit your exposure. Sure. Yeah. I'm social a, distance. I mean, <laughs> emotional distance. <laughs> emotional social distance. I kind of love that right now. Emotionally mm. distance yourself. Yes. Uh, and then on top of that, connect with people who you do feel safe with. Reach out, ask for support. And then if you speculate that somebody might be having a hard time, reach out as well. I had um, a family member who told me like, I don't, I feel so down so often that I I don't want to be a burden. I don't want to always be the one calling and being down and blah, blah, blah. So I purposely reach out to this person like, hey, what's going on with you? How are you? Yeah. And I dig into the emotional stuff. How have you been feeling? Talk to me about that. Because for so many people, we've been trained that being emotional or emoting is weakness Train. instead of what mm -hmm. it really is, which is our fucking superpowers. That totally makes sense. So identifying healthy behaviors that make you feel safe. You can also do groups, uh, Facebook groups, online programs. There are a shit ton of online learning platforms that are just going apeshit right now. Yeah. Tons of great communities. 
I have been doing the Peloton app and I really love the Peloton community. Like they, those of you who aren't familiar with it, it's a fitness app and they're just really good people. They all have great inspiring things that they say. So there's ways in which you can get stuff that that really kind of bolsters that safety. But even things like like Deep Down and Dirty, like an online program, uh, dealing with a coach or a therapist, getting that support. All right. And then number six, I can't believe I didn't lead with this. <laughs> Give yourself the permission to feel not fix. Mm, feel not fix. Right. Gotcha. So what usually happens when we feel something uncomfortable, are you staring at my cleavage? No, oh, but I will. Will you please? I have. <laughs> I have. I've been known. <laughs> but I wasn't at this very moment. I only have cleavage if I fold my arms like this. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and motor, I, it's a motorboat situation. I was folding my arms because I was getting down to business about emotions. You get down to I'm it. I'm getting down. But doesn't folding your arms mean you're closed off to the emotional? <laughs> if you're looking at the anatomical correlation, then yes. <laughs> Body language expert. I'm actually doing it. It makes me feel safe, to be honest. Okay. Okay. Well, you do you. Here's the deal. When we start to feel something uncomfortable, whether it's something somebody said at work, whether it's something our spouse said or family or kids or whatever, if it hurts, if there is any sort of uncomfortable emotion, shame, fear, guilt, embarrassment, overwhelm, anything like that, disappointment. We don't want to feel it. We want to fix it. And this is one of the things that I talk about a lot with my students is we don't just override it and immediately start talking kindly to ourselves. If you have a really potent, heightened emotion, you have to feel it first Yeah. before you can move beyond it. Right. So give yourself that freedom to feel. I'm going to link also in the show notes page to the grief podcast part two. But I did a two-part series on grief, and it was a handful of weeks ago, and it was about here's how grief shows up. And then the second part was all these things you can do to process being in a heightened emotional state, whether it's angry or sad or whatever it is that you might be feeling. Mm -hmm. There is a way to address it so you can move beyond it because what we often try to do is just stifle it, just yeah. stuff it yeah, down. That seems to be the go-to, right? I was even noticing myself last night. Being, I go through this still where I go, okay, don't really cry. Just try to hold in. Just you can show that you're crying. Just cry enough. Just cry enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But don't really wail, which is what I'm feeling. So I've been trying to not censor that, even with you, like where I go, okay, no, just you just let it out. Yeah. And sometimes it looks like me going into the closet and bawling that way, but just allowing myself to feel whatever it is that I feel and not not judging it and voting on it. All right. Okay. So if you want more resources, there are going to be a ton of them in the show notes page. Let's just review this really quickly. Number one, if your trauma is severe or ongoing currently, please get some help. Number two, when shit Comes up again, view it as a message. Start asking what instead of why. Look for the link of traumatic emotions. Number three, change the lens through which you view your process. It is not a one and done. It is a new management system. Number four, know that we cannot eradicate hardship, but we can change how we engage with hardship. Yes. And we can do that in a yes. powerful way. Number five, identify healthy behaviors that make you feel safe. And finally, number six, give yourself permission to feel, not fix. 
Yes. And please, please, please catch that other pod in the show notes if you want ways on how. Like, how do I actually do that? Yeah, you were pretty thorough on that one. Yeah, I think so. Anything else you want to throw in the space? I think it's it's really important that, like you said, lead with give yourself permission. Like, allow for the possibility of something different. Right. Right? That That is has to be the beginning point. Right. Of knowing that there are registering that there is something different from what you're doing. Right. And you can change the way you are responding to it. Right. Um, I think just having that knowledge is is uh, a big win. And, you know, I think one of the things that that oftentimes happens when they hear that sort of a, a statement, mo- uh, most people think, oh, I need to think positive. Yeah. And right, it's, right, right, no, right. no, no. I'm not talking about thinking positive. I'm talking about thinking empowering. Right. So sometimes empowering is writing out a vitriolic, scathing letter to your mom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sometimes it, thinking empowering is bawling your eyes out in the closet. Right. And then coming out of the closet. And, and that's kind of goes back to my point. I didn't say think positively. I said think differently. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. And that, but this is why I think that there is, and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about just the interpretation that people get mm-hmm. and in the way self-help is presented is we can, that we can override everything with positivity. Right. I don't know. It's not Fake positivity. It it, it's with authenticity, people. Yeah. It's with really being and feeling what's actually happening for you instead of trying to pretend it's not happening. So great yeah. point, babe. Yeah, yeah. Great job. Thanks for um, clarifying too because I wouldn't have thought of that. It's That's just great. from years and years and years of seeing <laughs> the wrong messaging happen, right? you know? Absolutely. Yeah, but it brilliantly said. All right, guys, we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Miss Smith, out. Out.